0: Here's the New Cold War podcast with Edward Lucas. The coronavirus pandemic is not just a public health crisis. As I wrote in my weekly column for Europe's Edge on the SEPA website in March 2020, it also tests the cohesion of our alliances and of our societies. Truth and cooperation on one side... Lies and selfishness on the other. Which side will beat the coronavirus? Put that way, it's easy to place your bets. Pathogens do not listen to propaganda. They have no conception of national borders. The only way to beat them is with science and through social organisation. That means officials telling the truth to the public, thus encouraging responsible behaviour by individuals and communication between institutions. In the short term, the bad guys do have an advantage. Scare stories about Covid-19 can proliferate on social media, just like other forms of dis- and misinformation. Cynical public figures can use the epidemic to score political points, blaming their predecessors or demonising outsiders. Populists, particularly those in opposition, will fulminate against the establishment, decry either overreaction or underreaction or both. Conspiracy theories will flourish, and so may some careers. But not in the long term. You can collect online likes and shares, and in the offline world, you may be able to stoke a panic or a mob. But none of this constitutes the testing, quarantine and treatment that actually deals with the outbreak. Nor does it help counter the financial consequences of the pandemic, for individuals from lost work and higher costs, and for the wider economy lost output and supply disruptions. Unlike the social media world of bluster and insinuation these problems are real and they need real solutions. Amid the suffering and disruption of the epidemic it is therefore possible to see some benefits. Collective defence against disease will be vindicated and so too will collective defence against other threats. If there's safety in numbers in dealing with a pandemic then there's also safety in numbers when dealing with Vladimir Putin's Russia or Xi Jinping's China. In the face of a threat, solidarity, sharing information and burdens help beat it. Another important message is that institutions matter. Forget the anarcho-capitalists with their well-thumbed copies of Ayn Rand's books. The laws of supply and demand have their place, but it's not here. Public health is a public good and you have to spend some public money on it. The same applies to defence and security. The social cohesion that makes countries such as Finland resilient to hybrid threats from hostile states also helps them defeat mutant viruses from the other side of the world. Taiwan's response to the outbreak is exemplary. The deceit, vindictiveness, paranoia and arbitrary exercise of power in the other Chinese republic, the communist one on the mainland, is not. That's a useful lesson. An outbreak of disease is a test of our civilization. Still, the coming months will be tough for Atlanticists. Budgets will be stretched as economies shrink. Arguing for higher defence spending will be particularly difficult when every penny and cent is needed to keep public services going and cushion the impact of the epidemic. Military exercises will be particularly vulnerable. Why send thousands of people to faraway destinations to spread infection? The public and decision makers will want to focus on immediate threats to health not long-term threats to national security. The best response to this is to remind everyone of the benefits of defence. We can use the language and concepts of national security in public health. In dealing with this and future outbreaks, we need clear chains of command, contingency plans, special forces, logisticians and frontline troops. We also need international cooperation spanning the anachronistic divides between EU and non-EU countries, NATO and non-NATO ones, think of the coronavirus as a real-life stress test of our societies, of our economies, of our systems of government. The countries that have already shown the greatest resilience to Russian hybrid threats will, I suspect, deal with this outbreak the best. And one thing's certain. Slogans such as America first or strategic autonomy will look irrelevant bordering on fatuous, Our enemies, whether they're microscopic or macroscopic, respond to deeds, not words. This is Edward Lucas with the New Cold War podcast. You can find more about me, my books and other publications at edwardlucas.com or follow me on Twitter at Edward Lucas. This has been a Homegrown Media Production. For more on the New Cold War, please visit edwardlucas.com.